everybody, you know what day it is. It's Baseball History Wednesday, and today I'm going to talk about a player that is sometimes forgotten. Some don't even know who he is. He is one of the Yankees' top five players of all time, Lou Gehrig, a hitter that held the record for the most consecutive games on the field in a row. This gave him the nickname of the Iron Horse, a hitter that was a seven-time All-Star, a six-time World Series champion, a two-time MVP, and a triple crown winner. And the weirdest part about this is that he did this all with a deadly disease that robs one of muscle control, swallowing, breathing, and ultimately life. So, with all of this trauma in his life, it deserves a rewind. But before we get into his early days, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Henry Louis Gehrig was born in Manhattan, New York. Makes sense why he signed with the Yankees. He almost weighed 14 pounds when he was born. And to put this into perspective, the average baby weight when they were born is 7. So Garrick was twice the size of a normal baby. Garrick's early life was not great. His dad was frequently unemployed because he was an alcoholic. His mother worked as a maid. So they were not exactly a rich household. Garrick was one of four kids and one, not one of their siblings made it to age 20 besides him. From an early age, Garrick had to work for his family to make money. They called him Lou because his father was also Henry, so it was hard to differentiate between them. Garrick's childhood was very hard and very short. Baseball was his only escape, a way to find calm and fun every day. He was first recognized for his talents at Cubs Field now, Wrigley Field. On June 20th, in a game with his um, New York high school team, the, the game score was 8-6 to six in the final inning. He hit a grand slam in Wrigley Field, which was unheard of for a 17-year-old. After he graduated high school, he went to Columbia, Columbia University and studied there for two years, then dropped out to pursue baseball. He had been begged to join teams for years, and he finally decided to sign with the Yankees. They were his hometown team, and he was very, very close and very, very fond of one of their star players, Babe Ruth. In his first season, he did not have a big role on the Yankees. He only played 23 games. But in 1925, his first quote-unquote first illegible season, he hit 295 with 68 RBIs. A stellar season, but not good enough for Gehrig. His first breakout season was 1926, 313 with 47 doubles. That's a hell of a season. At this point, Gehrig's power had not reached its full potential, but things were going to change next season. And the next season was a turning point in his career, from amazing hitter to top 20 hitter ever. He hit 373 that year. That is impossibly insane, and I have no idea how he did that. Let's analyze. So, yes, 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 yes. The Babe did have 100 more career base hits, which Gara could probably have reached if he played for longer. And in the home run department, Babe obviously wins by a decent margin. And the Babe also squeaks out a victory by two points in the um, average department. And RBIs, the Babe also wins by a small margin. So you could assume that the Babe is better. Well, wrong. The Babe was unhealthy and had a bad immune system, so he had to take many days off. But Garrick did not take a single day off. He played 2,130 games, a record that was held for 56 years. This is how he got the nickname the Iron Horse. 
And don't forget about the disease that robbed him of muscle control and eventually killed him. Did the babe have to go through all of that? No. He was like the chosen one. And he just got all the autographs and all the attention. And Garrett, Garrick had to work for everything. Every season, he kept producing. And when the, when the babe finally retired, Garrick was getting old himself. And other stars came to take the spotlight, like Joe D. This was not fair to Garrick because he never got to be the best on the team. The autograph machine. But Garrick just kept playing. Like the way he always did. Until he didn't. At spring training in 1939, Garrick had lost all of his power. Also, his base running, which was once respected. And Garrick hit zero home runs in all of spring training. And the disease gets worse and worse and worse. And Wu, on his 36th birthday, was diagnosed with ALS, a new disease. And they told him that his life expectancy was less than three years. Imagine how that felt. So, eventually the doctors put their foot down and said, You have to retire, man. You can't keep doing this. And it really is a shame, because he was such a gritty and resourceful player. And he had to work for everything, and... He really paid off. He was a diamond in the rough. A player that played in the shadow of Babe Ruth and still managed to stand out. There is a reason why he was in the 100 most influential players of the 20th century. It is so sad how it turned out to me. And baseball will miss you forever. You are an inspiration to me and everyone that will hear this podcast. He truly was a player that had zero controversies in his career. I don't think his life was perfect, but I see why his final appearance at Yankee Stadium and why he gave his speech and why he said, I am the luckiest man ever to live. Because he was special and he felt talented and I thought he was talented. I miss you, Lou. Oh, and most of this information comes from the movie The Pride of the Yankees and Lou Gehrig's wiki. That's going to be it for this episode. You can find my account on websites, most notably Spotify and Apple Podcast. And all and as always, check out Anchor. It's so cool. And don't get coronavirus. Social distancing, people. Love you all and peace out.